0: What up? It's Mental HIL. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for being you guys. I can't say enough how many cool, nice messages I've been sent, and it makes me feel like we're living in a beautiful world. No, I did not just smoke pot or something. It's just really nice to hear from you guys. But I just want to take a minute, of course, to say thank you so much to the new Patreon donors. You guys are really showing up and coming through. Esme. Thank you. Kevin. You're awesome. Shelby Lynn. Cool. Thank you so much. Daniel. You're the best. Alyssa. You're great too. Patricia De La Blank. I won't say your last name. Thank you, Patricia. That's my mom's name. Beautiful name. Helen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would be bowing to you if I could see you. Brandy. You're awesome. Louise. You're the best. Azora. Even cooler. And I'm going to say your name wrong, but we communicate on Instagram a lot. Neshao. Neshao? Inspo. Am I saying that right, Neshao? Correct me. Let me know. Send me a little video on Instagram and let me know if I said that right. But thank you, you guys, so much for being so generous and for making a difference in this podcast. If anyone else wants their badass name shouted out on this badass show, just donate on Patreon. Patreon.com slash mentallychill. I am pretty far away from my goal. Don't make don't make a fool of me, guys. I'm trying to get 300 donors, and that could be literally $2 a month. That's nothing. Um so I'm trying to hit 300. I'm at like I think like 33 right now. We're in the the number zone of 3, which is awesome. But we're not in the, you know, right zone of threes. We got to like up the zone of threes that we're in. So please if you like the show, if you get anything out of it whatsoever, $2 a month would be so helpful, $5 helpful, $1,000, um, cha-ching. So you guys, thank you. Um, again, I want to make merchandise, and as suggested by a listener, um, if you guys listen back to the shows or remember the show where Stevie and I mentioned that we were, I was um, Wolfman as a kid, and she was Frankenstein. So I'm going to make Wolfman and Frankenstein mentally chill t-shirts. Um, that's almost number one, the number one. Priority I have is getting the better sound editing stuff, but Frankenstein and Wolf, Wolf Girl, Wolf Man are um, a second on the list. So if you guys support the show, I can get to that stuff a lot quicker, and I really want to get moving here because we ain't getting any younger, especially me. I'm in my 30s, and I feel mentally like I'm in my 90s. But so anyway, yeah, you guys, thank you so much for donating. And my friend Dan is on the show. Dan and I know each other from going to school for advertising. He's a really, really good copywriter, um, a really funny guy. And I was in New York City where he lives, and I wanted to have him on the show um, because he's uh, really close. We're not like super close where we like talk all the time, but you know when you meet someone and they're like a special person, Dan's definitely a special dude. So he is coming right up. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Get some popcorn. It's just like a movie. Except not. Anyway, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. I thought you were the biggest weirdo in the world. And Dan's wife is in the room and she nodded her head. And so I feel like I'm not the only one, obviously.
1: Well, I actually didn't realize that you thought that. And I don't appreciate the <laughs> nodding. Um, I thought you were going to... I swear to God, I thought you were going to tell me, like, yeah, and he was the first person I met in our portfolio school class or something like that. Well, but, I was going to say that second. That oh, would come,
0: okay. <laughs> The weirdo would come first. The first person I met would come second. And then the most talented in the school would come third. Yeah. That oh, well, like
1: that, that's a good rebound. But I was kind of <laughs> thinking... I was already trying to, like, finish your sentence where it's, like, going to use the first person I met, and then I could respond to that. Yeah. Um,
0: but I think I was... But, I think I was... um putting my own weirdness on you a little bit because I had just moved to Chicago like the day before our school started. And for people listening, the school was a creative copyright or portfolio school for advertising for the creative side. And I had just moved there the day before school started. I didn't know anybody and I was um, and I'm projecting because I think I was uncomfortable with the fact of meeting new people. So I assumed anyone who would be like social toward me would be a freaking weirdo. Because I'm like, who would talk to me? But the reason I thought you were a weirdo and still think you're a weirdo um, with a really great apartment in New York City is because when we were outside of the building, I didn't know how to get in. And it was night. It was like nighttime. School started at like 630 or 7. It was, January. Yeah, I think it was like seven. Yeah. And it was January. So it was clearly really dark out. And you were wearing like a big coat, like a Gore-Tex coat, like a sign, you know, George Costanza's like Gore-Tex. And you were kind of like hanging around and you were like, kind of like looking at me like, hey, I'm in school too. But you weren't saying that you were in also also in school, so I thought you were just like a street weirdo. <laughs> and I didn't know you were also going to the school. And then you were like, oh yeah, a something about the school. And then I was like, oh, okay, all right, he's not a total weirdo, but he's just a little bit of a weirdo. And then... um, and then once you started, like, showing your work, I was like, oh, he's definitely a weirdo because his work's really good. And you have to be a little weird to have good work.
1: Yeah, I think in so. In my humble opinion. I know. No, but I remember that day because it was, like, the first day of class. And that's the first, like, I was, I hadn't gone to, like, college in a while. Like, I graduated a few years before that. So and was, you had a,
0: a really amazing job at the sunglass, sunglass Hut.
1: Yeah, so I think I was actually <laughs> maybe coming from, from the hut.
0: You were coming from really high to, like, really low for you, <laughs> going from Sunglass Hut to portfolio school.
1: But yeah, no, to do, to do like the first day of school again, it was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. I remember this. This is crazy. <laughs> and then I think, yeah, we were like in the, like basically like the lobby of the school and we don't even know like what it looks like or anything like that. So I met you and I was kind of like, I don't know what you say. just like
0: Right. Well, it's like a, we're starting school together. You know, it's like you're starting school with someone.
1: Like, hey. I'll sit near you. Well,
0: the problem with starting school or something with someone at that age is it makes you revert back to being like 9 years old.
1: Yeah, and totally. And feeling
0: so awkward.
1: There's a zillion things that happen that I'm always like, "Oh shit." Like I thought I was like, you know what I mean like I'm 38, so that like blows my mind cuz I only act like I'm like 9 basically yeah, all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you were definitely more like 6
1: like recently it's five or six in Chicago exactly yeah I was definitely maybe five and a half <laughs> yeah. three quarters possibly no but like recently my wife no like her uh, <laughs> her grandmother passed away god bless her heart and I had to drive her parents around there in like the back of the car we had a rental uh-huh. and that blew my mind because I was kind of like why am I driving like I and then I'm like oh shit that's right I'm an adult like, oh you gotta do yeah that. but I yeah have those thoughts You're all like, I'm the time. an adult,
0: not a chauffeur.
1: Yeah, exactly. Can it's you like, guys
0: stop dying, please? It's not my grandmother. Right. I mean, get priorities, people. <laughs> Treat me the way I deserve to be treated. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's weird being an adult. Um, and I, you've come, because you were 20. I remember specifically, because you were, I think, 27 when we started the school at the time in Chicago. And you were working at the Sunglasses Hut. And I remember thinking, because I think I was 24 at the time, or 23 or 20. No, I was 23. And I remember thinking, like, if I was working at the Sunglass hut when I was 27, I don't want to make a, you know, suicide joke reference, but I would not be happy in my life. Um, yeah. But now I'm 34 and I have like no job and no money, and I would be, um, I would be so happy if I could get a job at the sunglasses hut or sunglasses hut.
1: I think we like to refer to it as the sunglass hut, and um, <laughs> I, like the plural I was the 27-year-old working there, so I don't know. It was... Uh,
0: but so young, now looking back on it, it's an incredibly acceptable job at 27, but not an incredibly acceptable job when you have talent and you're really good at copywriting.
1: It was a good job. I met Barack Obama. It was not a good Obama. job, don't
0: lie. Really? Did yeah. you come in for sunglasses? I sold him
1: sunglasses. It was, really? Yeah.
0: And this was way pre-Obama.
1: Yeah, he was. I don't even know who he was. Right. They never took me off their payroll from working that one year in Chicago. So even when I lived in LA, I would buy... I would use my employee discount because they still kept me on and I would buy people I worked with sunglasses. Oh, yeah, that's a good And deal. even, I would say, right now I work at the Sunglass House. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so... I'm in New York, Uh, you guys live in Brooklyn, and you have an incredibly good view of the Brooklyn Bridge, and the reason I'm going to bring this up is because I've been home, so people listening to the show know this, that I've been staying at my parents' house because I needed a break from LA, and the day before I came down to New York, my mom was like, I was just on the couch all day, and it was rainy and dreary, and I just felt really depressed, and the minute I got, uh, stepped off the train in New York yesterday, I felt like alive again, and not depressed. Uh, Do you guys find but I don't live here. Do you feel like living here is stops being like a stimulation for your brain and starts weighing you down because of like all the constant stimulation.
1: I don't think it has yet. It's definitely different. Like I've happened to I don't know if it's fortunate uh, I if, would if want to say it's a fortunate thing, but I mean, I've moved around and I've lived in a lot of spots. So I'm just trying to think like from the transition from Chicago, it definitely had less going on there. Yeah. And here there was a ton going on.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I felt like when I lived in Chicago, Chicago was like empty land and I felt very depressed in Chicago. And like, if I wanted to leave the city, the only place I could go was like Wisconsin. It's like, why would I want to go to Wisconsin? And so I never would leave the city. So you couldn't really get that break from the city. But you could get it, but it was just like a break for like what to go like sniff cheese and then go back to your you know your place in Chicago. I just felt like it was no man's land, and I wanted I, to get out.
1: I would say is like a big time cheese sniffer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. Good people. Um, no, no, you're right. It's funny. Like in I, well, I love Chicago, so I don't want anyone tweeting at me at Dan Jordan 19. And uh, <laughs> the uh. <laughs> No, but you can go to like, The Loop on a Sunday, and there's, like, no one there, and it's, like, depressingly empty. It's and so you just weird. You're like, I'm like, in
0: one of the biggest cities in the world. And it's, like, that's what I feel like my brain, my brain is Chicago. It's, like, it should have a lot of shit going on, but it's just empty.
1: Yeah. And it it's,
0: doesn't, there's no explanation why.
1: We visited there, like, I, I think in, like, March, and we were kind of, like, talking about that. We're like, whoa, it's, like, so yeah. less people. You could walk around, like, if I leave this apartment, I have to, like like juke around people left and right. right. And it's just people always around. Like when you get off the subway, you have to literally just like wait to get on the escalator. But does it
0: bother you or make you feel like good and alive?
1: I thought it was going to bug me more, but no, I, I like it. It's, it, I feel like it, you feel like there's stuff to do. Yeah. And it actually, and you brought up like when you go home, I recently went home just cause it's the summer and I wanted to like see my family cause I like them. And, uh, what a weirdo. <laughs> no, but you like see stuff and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do like the the rural thing,
0: yeah, no, or
1: at least not right now because it's like it's hard to get places. like i, I well, the one thing I always wonder too is like, like if you're at a bar, like I, I, the, we were in a couple of spots where like they don't have like Uber. And then Isn't I, was that just the like, weirdest? I was like, oh my God, like no Uber in your area I, know. I don't know. I feel it's like
0: weird. wherever if you if if you are somewhere where there's like hospitals and stuff, like you should also have Ubers. Because it's like there are, that means there are people there, well, you know, or something. Like I
1: think you could just call an ambulance and that's kind no, of No, but not even if you have Uber. to go.
0: To this. It's an incredibly expensive Uber.
1: You're like, I cut my finger. <laughs> I fixed it. But I still need a pizza. By
0: the way, I don't think anyone's life is as important as the volume of the sirens.
1: Like no, The siren absolutely. is too
0: loud for the importance of the person they're picking up. Like, I feel like they should mile it out based on, like, who it is. It's like, oh, this person's not a very active member of society. We're going to keep the siren low. But then we get someone important in here. We're going to really jack up the siren. See, and it fire be trucks,
1: levels. too. Like, fire trucks are super loud. And you're always like, uh, I always have, like, ill will towards wherever that fire truck's right. going. Because it's
0: probably not, they make it sound more important than it might actually be. Because it could be, like, saving a cat in a tree. Which is important because I'm a cat fan but not as important as the siren would make you believe. But with the ambulance drivers, I'm always blown away because the siren's on, there's this like crazy sense of urgency, get out of the way. But the guy's face driving the ambulance is always like almost serene looking. Like they don't even look like they're in the right setting. It looks like you took someone's face from like a spa who's like hanging out at the spa and put them in the ambulance. It's like their expression doesn't match the level of like angst that they should have. Like, I want them to be somewhat nervous. I don't want them to be like, this is so routine. I
1: well, don't. that's like the guy's job. I like the guy who rides a uh, shotgun in the, ambu- in, yeah. in the ambulance. He's yeah. just like chilling. Right. He's just kind of like one day. He, he's
0: in charge of the music. <laughs> yeah, one day. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> Can't wait for my, my shot.
0: Um, okay, so you're not, have you ever had depression or anything like that? Or like anxiety or like anything, anything that I could make an excuse for you to be on the show? Um, <laughs> like have a reason
1: I'd say, like, self-diagnosed. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't know, but... Would you agree, wife? I've You know what, actually... Like
0: all of yeah, yeah.
1: I, I would say, you know what, um, I've said this before, not on this podcast, so I don't know why I even, like, prefaced it with that. I can see how one can definitely get depressed. Like, I compare it to, like, other things. Like, if you... I don't know, like, if you eat a ton of bad food, you're going to get, like, out of shape. Like, there's things, like, when we first moved here, actually, um, I was I was doing the freelance thing. I remember I was actually talking about you. I was talking about it with you, and yeah. I was thinking, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to find places, but it took longer than I thought. So I was actually hanging out in here, and it was the winter. it And it's, like, a new city. Yeah. And, like, I made it a point to, like, just get up and kind of move around because yeah. there was a few points where, like, Kate would come home and she'd be like, "Oh, let's like go out." Or like, no, she wouldn't even do that. She'd be like, "Meet me out after work." And I'd be like, Ugh.
0: "Yeah," because once you're in somewhere, to actually leave is way harder than if you just like left and had an active morning. Like, there's that commercial on TV that says like, "Bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. Bodies at rest <laughs> yeah. tend to stay at rest." Yeah, yeah. And I think about that a lot when I'm being a lazy piece of shit and laying, and I'm like, "Bodies at rest, stay in rest." but I'm too late. It's too late in the day. Like I can't change. Like the other day I said before I came down here, I was just on the couch all day and it was dreary. And I just was like, it's quiet and lonely. And my mom was like, get up, get your blood pumping, go on a run. And I'm like, it's six o'clock. The day's over. Like I've lost the option for having a a productive day. I'm like, now I have to just like go with this. I have to embrace the fact that I've had a shitty nothing day and restart tomorrow because I can't restart halfway during the day. So if you're isolated all day long and then you have to go enter the world it's hard
1: yeah totally and, and it's one of those things where like I, I would find myself I'd be like I haven't really done anything so why wouldn't and I don't have to do anything tomorrow like there's no excuse not to get out right. and like explore and like it would be I could see it getting more difficult so I tried to make it a point to like every day give myself like tasks yeah. And then once I like started to like book jobs and whatnot, then it was like, oh, okay, now everything's yeah. good. But. Well,
0: I, I thought about you being down here and moving because you've moved so much. But I know, I mean, from what I, as far as I know, you've moved places for jobs. And so when you move somewhere for a job, you can't really fall into that isolation and that hole, that like rabbit hole that you start to just like get deep in, in and sad. But I thought about you because I thought how bad I would do if I was in your position, which is move to. Sands, the marriage thing, like that can help. Like you have another person with you, but you're in a new city without a job and it is winter. And if I, and you were saying you were doing stand up, and I was so impressed because I really thought to myself, I would never do that. I would isolate myself. I would end up gaining 30 pounds and have to restart in the summer or the spring when I felt like a breath of fresh air. I would totally have isolated myself. And I just, In a way like was like oh i'm glad i'm not dan i mean i'm always (laughs) glad i'm not dan have you guys seen a picture of this guy yeah it's (laughs) Um, a a face for podcasts um but no i would have done like a really bad job if i was in your position so i was impressed that you were doing stand-up and all that kind of stuff
1: well that and and we talked about it earlier it's like that's one of the things new york kind of does afford you like there's like so many things to do it has like the comedy cellar like that was the first thing i wanted to do as soon as i got here i was like they have classes there so I was like, oh, I want to do one they of those. Do? Come, yeah, you can it do. And up. like, I'm I'm forgetting the name, so I'm like, awful. But it's like a pretty famous, older school comedian teaches. But they fill up so quick, so I couldn't get into it. So I took like a different class, and it was just good. I think the class is almost like getting like, going to like, I don't know, like a fitness class or something right. like that, where you're like, oh, I'm gonna go out there and like, someone kind of they almost forces you to kind of do stuff. Otherwise it. To just take the burden upon yourself to like go to open mics by yourself. Yeah,
0: it's a big task.
1: It's like, then once you kind of, and we're talking about like support groups.
0: It's like going to, forcing yourself to go open mics by yourself is like being 400 pounds and forcing yourself to figure out how to like work out of the gym successfully. Yeah, it's it's a really hard task to make yourself do. Like it feels impossible.
1: Yeah, and I I did the class because it's like, one, I'm brand new, it's a good way to like meet people. And then, one, like your homework assignment basically every week is like, go to an open mic. And so people in your class, whether you like them or not, are going to go with you. And
0: you can be like, yeah.
1: And, I, and we had a cool class. Like I did like some of the people. Um, I mean, all the people. <laughs> and no, but they, they make you get out there and then you at least have a few people you can like sit with. Right. And you already have an instant like support group. There. Well,
0: that literally sets me up for like the smoothest transition or segue I've ever done in my life.
1: All right, because you're saying
0: you're going to go to the open mics with people. Speaking of that, how about support groups and and support networks? Because that's a really good way to have people on your side and stuff. Because being alone. Because I want to talk about support networks, and I actually talking about isolation to me is better. But I had this on my agenda in the last show. I didn't talk. I said I was going to do talk about support groups and stuff, and didn't. But um, what would your support network be like if you were super depressed? Who would your support network be?
1: Well, I mean, being married, I kind of, like, have, like, a... Built-in. A (laughs) built-in, ball-and-chain support network. (laughs) So, I mean, but, no, she's, like, a great support network because, like, she's very supportive. But, like, more so than I would even say, like, most people. So, it is, like, even this podcast, I was, like talking to you, and I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't want to do the podcast. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, it'll be great. It's going to be awesome. And it's just like that is like a constant thing.
0: Right. Yeah, you need someone kind of like championing you to like not back out of things. I would like – so I used to have – so I was in a relationship for eight years, and um, I have a lot of anxiety before I do stand-up. And he was always really supportive where like before I'd go to the show, I'd start having like mental breakdowns where I'm like, I'm not going to go – I uh, like I would get really fixated on like how I looked because people perceive you a certain way on stage, and I'd go through like four or five different like changes of like, do I look like did, would people hate me if I wore this? Would people hate me if I wore that? And he did a really good job at like backing me off the cliff and being like, chill out, you look fine, and you know you're set, like you're okay. Because I I really every time I do stand up, I would have like full panic attacks. Um, do you
1: still do you still feel like you'll get nervous before a set?
0: Always, always I always get nervous, and it's like not I don't get nervous that necessarily about. Because my brain is messed up. I don't really get nervous about doing bad, like bombing. Of course, I don't want to bomb. But I more get nervous about uh, uh, people not liking me. Like people actually having disdain for me as a human being. Because, and I've said this on the show like a million times, but and I'm getting better at it, but I assume everywhere I go, some they hate me. Whoever it is hates me. I'm either not smart enough, not well-read enough, not... Um, Nice enough, not grounded enough. Like, I, whatever they're looking for, I'm not. And so when I go on stage, I have like the weight of all of those thoughts coming over me. And so now, I mean, I haven't been doing tons of stand up lately and I'm going too soon. I just needed a break. Like, it was kind of like needing a break from LA. Like, I just needed a break from everything. Um, but I found that when my boyfriend and I broke up, and we've been broken up for like a year and a half, um, but it was harder for me to go out and do stand up because I didn't have someone there to be like, you're okay. Like tame your mind. Be fi- you're gonna be fine, because I let those thoughts spiral out of control. Speaking of, which is why I want to get married. Because I'm like, I legit <laughs> need just like a, a sanity keeper, like someone who just will be like, you're, you're, you're nuts, but you're not nuts. You know, like that kind of thing. Like you're crazy for thinking you're crazy.
1: Yeah, no, like, totally. And I, and you do you get that like all the time, and I just. Exactly. I mean, I don't do it yeah. as well, but because um, I need to focus on myself. No, but like the, the. But you
0: were saying it's a two-way street, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: I have a feeling I know who's more supportive.
1: I will say though, though, with like or
0: more good at being supportive.
1: I also need to kind of get back out and do like some mics because like. I was it first off it's like a really difficult hobby just to have like I never realized that (laughs) like I did it It's like keeping stamps. Yeah, like I did it a lot in Chicago Mm -hmm. much different than like if you're even like Oh, I gotta run every day Yeah, I'm gonna not drink in the month of September or something like that like that's like a doable goal and there's no pressure I thought like like So back in I think it was May I hadn't done stand-up and I was like on a good roll and like everyone every set I did was great it was like I mean i felt good i got laughs yeah. and i was kind of like wow this is great like what could go wrong yeah <laughs> and then i like i got i did i did some work for like a few weeks and i didn't practice or anything like that and then i went up one thursday at like uh, in the east side really confident it was like one of the first times where i was like i'm not that nervous because i got this
0: that's when you'll bomb
1: and i tanked yeah i tanked so bad that the uh the host of the show, like had had to come up and like take the mic out of my hand, <laughs> and then I was like, Ugh. yeah. And then I was like, All right, I think yeah. I'm gonna like take a breather on this one yeah. for a while.
0: Yeah, it will mess with you when that happens. You have to just almost erase it from your brain. It literally can give you like PTSD. I'm not even kidding. From some certain like that's why I can't go but go to open mics anymore because it's like open mics are a support. Supportive environment if you're with people that you know, but if you're an outsider, then it's like this. Um, it's like this. Uh, people don't like outsiders, they like who they know. And so, whenever I go to open mics, I'm an outsider because I don't hang around at open mics. So, it's not like the like, oh, it's Kristen, the regular chick that's here all the time. It's like, who's this girl? She looks like a, bitch and I'm not gonna laugh. Number one, because she's not funny, <laughs> number two, because I don't want to, because I'm you know jealous because she is funny or something like that so I don't so basically for me and my brain chemistry I've had to stay away from environments like that um because I found myself whenever I would go to an open mic I would dip I would get super low and then and it would keep me from going back to do stand-up for like say I'd want to take normally say I'd want to go up every like three days if I went to an open mic I'd want to go up like every other week because it would just like take me like five days or something to recover and get my self-esteem back i don't even know what i'm saying definitely about like, like, i just hate them so much
1: no they're bad but like you have to do them that, that's the thing like so i found if you did it kind of too spotty it's you know it just didn't work so if, if i got in a good groove i didn't mind like sometimes going to like a new open mic that everyone's kind of like everyone already knows each other Because then you can really, and you just go and do like your four to five minutes and just really try to be like, I'm going to treat this like I'm basically going to like the comedy cellar and this is my shot. And then if you could get people who don't really like pay attention to laugh. And sometimes like some of the jokes, they'd be like, oh man, they like that joke. That almost felt like better to me. And then you have nothing to lose either because like if someone's like just texting on their phone, you're like, well, I expect that. So I'm kind of. Right. I don't know. You're like,
0: they're just texting someone about how funny I am. Yeah,
1: they're probably like, you got to get down here. You got three minutes. (laughs) Right. But Um, it's funny. And I asked you about like, if you still got nervous, because I did. So like our big show, like I took the comedy class. And then I was telling you about this earlier. Like we, we had like a big show at the Gotham Comedy Club. So it's like a legit club. And when you see it. You're like, whoa, this is a bigger venue than I'm used to. So right off the... It's intimidating. Yeah, like right right through the door, you're like, oh, shoot. And you see all the pictures. They have monitors. And it's like, you know, like Craig Robinson's coming tomorrow. So it's intimidating, like beyond belief. So I went and I... 'Cause like I heard on like the Joe Rogan podcast you just talk about how like UFC fighters will go get hypnotized before big fights. Oh
0: my god. And they'll
1: be like, so then they'll think they're like Mike Tyson. So they really not only like oh they they honestly it, yeah, so think they're going to win. So I went to a hypnotist before the show.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I was like, I'm gonna do this. So it was like I it was like oh some god, random really hypnotist in Brooklyn. It was really far away. And it was just like an absolute shit show of an idea so I took like an Uber it was like you 40... went like
0: immediately before the show
1: yeah like the show was probably like we had to get to Gotham at like 6 and I went at like it was 11 in the morning so it wasn't right before it, right. but it was like the day of yeah. thinking like oh this is a brilliant idea like yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna have her like snap her fingers and I'm gonna be like Jerry Seinfeld Yeah, and I'm like there's no way this could fail. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. And like, so I went and I just like go to this random like apartment building in really deep into Brooklyn. And it's a super old lady. Like she's probably like 90 <laughs> and she's like three feet tall and she like lets me in. And it was really funny. Right <laughs> off the bat, I'm just kind of like, can I use your restroom? She was
0: like swinging the thing that they're like, you know, the the like cartoony thing that they'd swing. She's like swinging it at your shins. She's so small. Yeah, you know, Like basically. I can't see it down there.
1: But yeah, it was really funny. I was like texting my wife too. I was like, all right, I'm going to the hypnotist. And then I'm like, it's on Rape Street. And I was just like wrote like Rape Street. And she's like, good luck. And I'm just like, good. Good to know that my wife reads my text. (laughs) And so I went in because who knows? Like that could be like, I think I found it on like Craigslist or something like that. And I go in, I'm just like, oh, I need to use her bathroom. I was like drinking coffee and stuff like that. And she had that thing where it's like that that toilet that's like five feet tall. It's all padded for like old people with the hand railings. Oh my God,
0: yeah. So I'm, I'm
1: like trying to like, I don't want to <laughs> piss on her seat and I'm just trying to like couldn't reach piss down like this tunnel basically. Right. I don't know, it was right. just weird. Right. It just got me off to like a bad start.
0: She's the same height as the toilet basically.
1: She I think there was, there was yeah. like a little like step up for like, like little kids use to brush their teeth. Oh my God. And then I had to like sit on her couch and then she tried to like put me under Meanwhile, it was, like, all I could hear is, like, a garbage truck backing up. So it's just like, <laughs> beep, beep, And then she's just counting That's me so, down. That's is so,
0: like, metaphorical right now or something, the garbage truck while you're, like, at this hypnotist. It's, like, yeah, basically garbage.
1: It was. And, like, then I didn't get, like, I didn't get hypnotized. So I'm just sitting on some random old lady's couch. And like, she
0: didn't end up hypnotizing you?
1: No, I couldn't get like put under. And I was kind of worried that might be the case, but I didn't. But now I had to sit there and pretend I was hypnotized oh in front of some like professional. <laughs> you, hip-
0: about, you should talk about this on stage.
1: Yeah, it was really weird. And I'm like trying to be like, and I told her too, I was like, I need to get hypnotized because I got a big stand up show tonight. <laughs> I, need you to, like, oh I need you to like put me over. It's so ridiculous. So yeah, so then I just sit there and try to like fake be hypnotized right. in front of the hypnotist. Right. And then I'm like, I think, all right, I think she thinks so, is it that Yeah, yeah. And then she sat there. So basically then the last 20 minutes is like a stort, Smalley thing where she was just you're like, look at yourself, way, yeah. and this is your affirmation. And she's like, you're great. Say that you're great. <laughs> and I was like, I'm great. Oh,
0: this could do nothing but actually hurt you. Yeah. Well, Stevie actually talked about – I don't think we said this on the show, but she – had a really hard time getting over an ex. So she went to a hypnotist and she said it actually worked. That's um, cool. I
1: mean, I, I've seen it. Um I've definitely seen people get hypnotized. I went to like one of those like hypnotizing comedians, like the X rated hypnotist back in Boston, oh, like God. years ago, so, like,
0: whoever this is should be in prison or something. Yeah. And
1: they would like, they would make you do like these dirty things it was like yeah, the yeah, X-ray yeah. And, hypnotist. Like, and it was like those are like a big axe back in the day like i remember there was yeah, like i that
0: kind of stuff
1: hypnotists and like prop comics and stuff like that but yeah like people legit would be like they'd snap their fingers and they'd be like under
0: but were they faking
1: i don't think so because like i've seen it where like, i we had like a friend in high school that got hypnotized and he was quiet as shit and like as a hypnotist came into our school and like was doing a show, and he was under, and then he like danced like Michael Jackson. Oh my god! And then when we talked and he about would have it never done that, afterwards, right? he was like, "What? Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking bullshitting." Wow.
0: Well, Stevie said for her thing because, and I had talked to her more at depth about it because I am obsessed with a dude, a certain dude and um I can't seem to move on and so one day in like desperation I wrote to her and I was like what's the name of that hypnotist I need to see her because this is getting out of hand and so Stevie gave me her information and stuff but basically she said um you have to want it to work she's like you can't go in skeptical and you kind of have to like fall for it in a way like you have to trick yourself into thinking this isn't dumb but I never ended up doing it because it was like 120 dollars or something and I'm like that broke, and I'm like, nah, I, I can't do it. And it's kind of ridiculous. So I didn't end up you doing it. You should get
1: a group on. I
0: know. Well, I feel like I won't even get a group on for a haircut, let alone like a hypnotist, because I don't trust that they're like the best ones or something. Like, I, I, well, I, when I was younger, I would have that fear that like you'd get hypnotized, and then all of a sudden I'd just like walk up to someone and like squeeze their boobs or something. Yeah, you know, like no, they'd make you do these like weird things. I think
1: that's why hypnotists exist. It is. Yep. That's boobs why squeezing. boobs exist. Yeah, exactly
0: for them to hypnotize hypnotists and boobs were just like meant to be together Mm -hmm. for some reason but it's it's logical it is very logical um but okay so you were talking about open mics and i just wanted to say that i think for me open mics felt like aa like it was like we're all here under these weird circumstances that like something's gone terribly wrong in our lives to either lead you to alcohol or comedy and we're here to like Kind of support each other. But I was looking up support groups because I was sitting, um, like trying to do a little research, and t- I just typed in my phone support groups. And um, this list of it's like you can find literally support groups for anything, um, especially in New York City, but in general. But like some of the ones I found were um, women in life, li- women in life, a life transition group, suicide bereavement group, uh, couples group therapy, which makes sense, um, taking your baby home group. That makes
1: um, sense though Like those Are there any like Super weird ones
0: I, Well a, a weird one would be like Taking someone else's Baby home group <laughs> Or something Yeah like. um, Yeah there's The weirdest one was um, A dream group Where everyone discusses Their dreams What a nightmare That would
1: be the Shittiest group yeah, ever Yeah you'd
0: have to Listen to everyone's dreams
1: but I had the weirdest Dream last night
0: Yeah There you'd was a like, Yeah
1: You'd have to do like uh, You'd also need like A suicide group Well yeah definitely <laughs> Right where
0: you go run one From one to the other um and then
1: a taking someone's baby home <laughs> right
0: right there's also there was um one which it's just so random make and I get it, but like it's called making talking about death user friendly group
1: that's Remember in like Fight Club, like that's how he met like his weird girlfriend. Like they would just go to all the little support right, groups right, right. and they would be like, you have Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm going to take like Monday and Wednesday. Right, right, I always thought that was weird, but it is true. Like when you kind of rattle off like all those groups.
0: Yeah, but it's crazy because then it makes you realize like all the people out there going through shit. Like, yeah, that to make enough to have a group. And I'm, I'm assuming three would kind of maybe, you know, be enough for a group. Like would be like oh, yeah, maybe totally. the base number. So there's at least three people that like want to discuss you their I thought you you have to together. go to at
1: least three groups.
0: Oh, no, no, no. And you three. should go to at least three groups. Um, but then I was looking up online um, support groups, and that's where like, you find like, everything. Because online is obviously like creepy um, in many ways. How does that
1: work, though? Is that kind of like if you take like an online class?
0: No, it's just forums. It's literally just forums. So I feel like online groups are kind of a, not a waste of time, but obviously going in person would be preferable you know because it can get isolating which is probably why you need the group in the first place
1: yeah totally my
0: iphone does this really annoying thing where it's not saving any of my internet windows like whatever i open in safari when i go back they're all they're all gone it's like i think my phone's trying to be like we're protecting you so in case someone finds your phone we're gonna cover up all the embarrassing shit you've been googling because they won't stay never
1: that should be an app actually that's a great idea
0: covering up your Past searches.
1: Like if you get like hit by a bus, all of a sudden your like iPhone just disables itself. Oh, that is a good so idea. No one, like,
0: oh yeah, that's a good idea. Out. Well, like when you die, someone was saying this, like something like when you die and everything. We're all like we have that like like we'll have a chip in us and stuff. And like when you when you die, it should deactivate every like when you deactivate, like everything should be deactivated. That's connected. Like it you. auto clears your history. Yeah. Like your like yeah everything your internet. It just your, cleans your all your Twitter go- is out of your gone. Closet. Yeah okay so online support groups there are so many it's like we're just freaks can find freaks or like anyone can find anyone but it is crazy how many support groups are and i'm not saying all these people are freaks but i'm just basically saying you can find anything so um just on the letter a if you type in support groups an online one comes up so there's abuse acne support group which i feel like is way worse than abuse I, I think
1: so. It depends <laughs> on how old you are.
0: Right. Yeah. Like yeah
1: if you're, you're near, like 13, it's like, okay, maybe yeah. just doing like a clear cell commercial.
0: Right, right, right.
1: If you're like 38, you might need a support group. Right, right, right. <laughs>
0: and then if you're like 38 and you're getting abused, it's like you're probably used to it by then, so you don't need the support group. but if, <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: You like, you've developed a thick yeah. skin. But if
0: you're abused when you're younger, you should probably look into it. Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. I agree. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, support groups for uh, agoraphobia. Isn't that... Sp- is, is that space? a fear of rabbits? What is it? Staying in your home. Staying in your home. Right, 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 right. right. You're afraid like of staying in
1: your, you stay in your home? You're
0: only staying like in your like, home. Like you're
1: like, I don't want to stay in my home. <laughs>
0: right. Yes, yes. It'd be funny if it was a support group for... Wait, I know... Is there an opposite
1: to... of like agoraphobic? Like someone won't go home?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They're called bums.
1: <laughs>
0: um, alcohol.
1: Have you ever seen a bum with a cat? because I've seen no, a lot of bums with, with dogs. dogs it seems like cat is more like makes more sense
0: yeah well I would agree but cats I think are harder to keep local like to keep near with you whereas dogs but are more I think cats
1: would be way better because like they can help like get mice and like for dinner yeah well not for the like, homeless, homeless man or woman <laughs> but you know what I mean for him or her, herself but also kind of clean up like the rodent infestation in New York City.
0: Oh, I see. I see the angle you're taking. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. But it's like, I mean, they'd have to really leash up their cat, I think, to get it to come back.
1: I guess, but but cats... but,
0: but there are a lot of homeless cats not doing their jobs then. So if there's still a lot of mice and there's just homeless cats. There are...
1: should be a support group for homeless cats paired up with homeless
0: people. I agree. It's actually a good idea. Yeah. It's really a good idea.
1: Don't steal this.
0: But it is weird because there's so many homeless cats and so many homeless people and they're not coming together. They're not uniting.
1: I know. I mean, this. we will get on this.
0: Yeah. Unite the losers together. That's uh, what we'll, we'll call the initiative. They're just without a home. <laughs> right. But it is, I do feel bad when I see homeless people with, with dogs because it's like, I don't want the dog to have that life. But at the same time, they are a person, bums. As much as I don't want to admit it, they are people too, and they need a com- the companionship. I'm sure the dog can forfeit, you know, the desires of TV in a home to be with its person. Because, do it, you know what I mean?
1: Well, no, actually. And then they bring it back to kind of the topic at hand, like pets are like a great. Oh support yeah, yeah.
0: Your... I wanted to bring that up. Thank you for saying that. I my dog is a, is registered as an emotional support animal.
1: Oh really? Yeah,
0: but he needs the emotional support, not me.
1: <laughs> okay. He's a,
0: a nut, and he's out of his yeah. mind. And see this dark mark on my nail right here? Mm-hmm. It's because he bit me. He's a maniac. But let the viewer you know
1: him. that's a large dark mark <laughs> on her nail.
0: It looks terrible. It looks like I've got dirt. In it looks like the you're you like
1: uh, trying to be like a hipster or like goth.
0: Yeah, like this is what my uh, goth my manicurist hipster. did. I'm like, I just want one weird dot on one nail. I want to be hip. I'm in Brooklyn.
1: That's right. That's right. right. You got to like try to keep up.
0: Right. But no, um, emotional support animals, like in a way, because like I so sometimes I work with Corolla, and he is so anti emotional support animals in terms of, I mean I don't I shouldn't say that, but he's basically like doesn't want dogs on flights and stuff, and he's like ah people just say it's emotional support so they can get their dog wherever they're going, which is exactly for the, excuse me for the most part why I have my dog registered as a support animal support animal, however. I do have a really severe fear of flying, which has gotten better. I'm getting better with age because I'm having, like, less, like, worries about dying. I'm like, whatever. it happens, it happens. Um, but the dog does distract me from take – when we take off, I have such fear because that's, like, when the plane's most likely to go down. So when we're taking off, I'm focused on petting my dog because I'm actually worried about calming him – making sure that he's not going to bite someone's face off. So all of my energy is put toward him, and it really helps – ease my fear on the plane like i don't i used to drink on planes like crazy and now i don't drink anymore on a flight because i don't need to i mean
1: yeah the drinking on planes like you you end up like arriving absolutely like hammered or really tired
0: really feeling like pure shit
1: yeah it's weird and as i've actually got older i've actually got more anxiety for flying which is annoying because when i was like in my 20s i was like this is gonna be great because I think it, I think I just fly more, which doesn't make sense. Because you think you'd get used to it, but one of the tricks, and I've I've found this to work, is like just take really early flights.
0: Because you're too tired to care. You're
1: like tired, and you're also like pissed. You're almost just like yes. I hope this fucking plane goes <laughs> yes. down. I'm oh so my tired. God. Yes. And like yeah, I know that's hilarious. horrible to say, but you're like, Ugh. like I I was just I took a flight like two weeks ago. It was like at five fifty in the morning. One, I got there. I got to like LaGuardia in like two minutes. And then you get like right through, and then I don't know. Like I, someone was like trying to like put their stuff in front of me in the little like uh, security line thing, and I was right. just kind of like so pissed. Yeah, and like it's that 5:30 weird in the morning. uncoffee like you yeah, didn't have my coffee or anything. You're just like almost just like who gives a shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You can put more of your energy into being angry and irritated than being scared of dying.
1: Yeah. That's and then a great
0: remedy. That's hilarious. You get
1: and, and the other thing that's great, too, that you get where you're going, and it's still way too early to do anything. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. Now I'm in, like, wherever. And it's, like, 7.45.
0: But that's why I actually, whenever I travel, I go late, because then I don't have to restart my day. Like I was saying earlier, like, once you're kind of settled into what the day is going to be, I can't restart it. So when I fly somewhere, it's like, if I got, say, I got to, like, some beautiful tropic vacation spot at, like... 9 a.m. I'd be like, well, my day already started at like 3 a.m. and I was like in a bad mood, so now I have to keep that for the entire day. Like I can't shift into vacation mode. I have to like wake up into something. So, well, but your theory, but your your suggestion is a really good idea. Travel early.
1: Yeah, I, I think I like it. I didn't think I would, but and then, I don't know. It depends what you're gonna do. If you have to go do something for work, and you're like, I gotta get up early, go do like work stuff, and then. They fly you back the same day. That's shitty. Yeah. But if you're going for like, oh, I got to go do like, what were you saying? Like a tropical paradise. <laughs> I think I can get on board. Which is board. very unlikely. Yeah. Like, fuck this beach.
0: <laughs> Seriously. But beaches, people like, everyone on like Instagram and all this bullshit, they always post pictures of like being at the beach and it's like peaceful and there's seagulls and the sun setting and it's like the sky's purple and pink and, but it's like you have sand in your vagina. Like, it's not that great.
1: Like, you're not uncomfortable. Metaphorically?
0: <laughs> metaphorically and literally.
1: See, I always hate, like, everyone posts that photo and it's like, hot dog or legs. And it's <laughs> oh, fucking yeah, yeah, never yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, like, right. I like hot dogs.
0: Right. You're talking about that, like, position where you can't tell whether it's. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, I think
1: yeah. they have, like, that meme. It's just like, hot dog or, I don't know. Right, knees right Or right. whatever. Right, 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 right. I don't know.
0: So I'm going back to support networks just for a second, um, and then we'll get into our snacks. And then we can talk about hot dogs. (laughs) Well, speaking of hot dogs, my family, (laughs) Um, my support. It's I've talked about. I don't think I talked about this on the show, but um, when I first was diagnosed, like clinically depressed, my my mom always knew I was depressed, but I did a bad thing, and I kept it to myself. Like I didn't want to tell my family because I like. They knew I was depressed and stuff, but I didn't want to tell them I was taking stuff and, like, actually – because it would make it official. Mm-hmm. And so I had, like – a, I didn't have a support network. I had a support network in, in terms of being able to call home and talk about my feelings and all that kind of stuff. But I had to do that with, like, keeping my mouth shut about actually treating myself for depression and stuff. And so it was – so I never created, like, a support network. I never had, like – until I had to tell my family because I broke out into, like, a rash and it was, like – why are you in a rash? And it was from one of the medications.
1: But I'm like, now I'm they're, just so happy
0: to be home.
1: Yeah, but like I mean, I would imagine now they're probably like your best support network.
0: Yeah, definitely. But like I think at the beginning, because I was more like I was doing that all on my own, like looking for a doctor and all this kind of stuff. And it's so hard doing it on your own because you, the last thing that you want to do when you're depressed is like reach out for help because it takes so much mental energy to do that. And so I wish I, I did tell my mom before because she did again. She knew I was like depressed, but. She had reached out to like a therapist that she went to and I went to her um, like general practitioner doctor and stuff. So she knew, but like basically what I'm saying is I wish I made my mom do more of the legwork. Like that. I, I wish I was like, mom, I'm freaking sad. Find me a psychiatrist like ASAP. But because I didn't do that, it took me years to do it on my own because I was like number one, procrastinating, number two, super lazy, number three, super depressed. So it was like a really bad combination. And it took me so long to get – on antidepressants Like when I lived in Chicago I should have been On antidepressants Oh yeah definitely I, sh- I know you could tell <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding um, No I know Oh I worked at Weber Grill So I definitely Should have been On antidepressants Oh that's right
1: You did work there Do you,
0: do you know Weber Grill Yeah yeah. Lots of ribs Lots of hot dogs No no hot dogs But, um, but yeah So I just wanted To bring up this, The support network thing Because I feel like I would have probably Gotten on antidepressants Literally years earlier If I had just said Like I need help Doing this or whatever but anyway, so you've listened to the show before, yes, yes or no, okay, so you know that I do like these segments
1: yeah I, okay. I'm familiar with them. It's kind
0: of in a way, I'm embarrassed about doing them because it's so like I have segments, like, who are you? Why do you have, you know it's kind of cheesy, but then no, the, but I like it I I don't like like I't explaining it works. them it like works. Embarrassed. anyway, so this one is kind of an honor of you being a Patriots fan, so this is a who Satter, okay, so you know you do the Who Satter? yeah, okay, so I have two football themed. Ish, who's sadder. I
1: like it. It's a good weekend. Yeah, but I it. should.
0: But I mean, you guys did lose pathetically, so
1: mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. maybe
0: get on the who's sadder page for yep. me because you, you know, now feel emotion since your team isn't um, aren't zombies. By the way, I always say the New, New England Patriots are zombies. Like you can't kill them. You cannot. You can stab they them. Are, they are like the white walkers. Them. Yeah, and they just keep coming no matter what. Yep, it's disgusting. Hate them anyway. Um, who's sadder, the Buffalo Bills? Or the Cleveland Browns.
1: Ooh, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah. I uh, I've been to both cities, and I think they're both pretty depressing. Yeah, and I will field any tweets <laughs> and argue with you. Um, no, I, I actually think that the Cleveland Browns have to be one of the most depressing franchises in like all sports.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, they're called browns. Brown is the color of depression.
1: Yeah. Like, if I had to
0: picture depression, it would be poop brown. It would be like grays and browns mixed together to make this weird shade of brown. It
1: would be like probably poop gray. Yeah. But the brown doesn't (laughs) help. No, but I think so. The logo, even. When I was like a kid, I liked the Buffalo Bills. It was weird because the the Patriots, if anyone was born like back in like the 80s or 70s, sucked <laughs> before the Bill Belichick era. Yeah. And so they weren't that great. And so the Bills were awesome. Yeah, we and were I, the
0: patriots of the era. And
1: I know they did lose, what, like four Super Bowls in a row? Mm-hmm. But they were in four Super Bowls in a row.
0: Exactly. I've and been screaming that like since I was like 12 years old.
1: Big time super like stu- uh, superstar players. I, I would play Tecmo Bowl and I'd always use the Bills. Of and like they were They crushed. It was great. They had yeah. like Thurman Thomas. I, I don't know. You don't... I wouldn't even be able to rattle off like Browns. Like no, I know right, there are like famous point. Browns and whatever, but right. like they they've had hope but like I don't know. They had like Johnny football. He was a complete bust. Yeah. Their first round pick just went down and he's not even supposed to play for like two months. Oh no. So like they can't. It's just like. There's no hope. There's no hope.
0: So who's sadder? So like this is kind of a, it's better to love and have lost than never have loved before. So the Bills are like have loved and lost. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Browns have never loved before. So which one makes you sadder? Have the Browns ever won a Super Bowl?
1: I would have to have the internet girl look it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Too bad we don't have an internet girl to look it up.
1: It's my wife. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean that's a that's a good question and again, I mean I I do think there's a lot more hope every year for the Bills. They 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 do feel the better team. Like yeah. they had like Rex Ryan, I know that didn't work I I out great. Rex. But when originally when he went to like the the team like it was it's hopeful. Like they make moves that are like hopeful. Right. And the Browns seem to get it's just one calamity after another. Like, it's always like, oh, that didn't work out. Right, right. Like, they're, like, Josh Gordon was, like, one of the best receivers in the league, like, three years ago. And now he's, like, you can't even play because of, like, substance abuse.
0: Yeah. No. They, they've they never won a Super Bowl. Okay. A cha- an NFL championship. So they went to a Super in Bowl. No, they oh. won it before it was called the Super Bowl. And they've never, been to, they've
1: never appeared in the Super Bowl. Wow. Bill Belichick used to coach for the Browns. He did? Yeah, like that's like, I don't know if that's where he started. Well, why couldn't he
0: do the same thing for the Browns? Like, is it the because he has the combination with Tom Brady? Like, is it the magical I don't know. Pairing?
1: Like, he was definitely like early in his career, he wasn't a head coach. So I think he, oh, okay, still had like, yeah. he wasn't learn. cheating at that point. No, you this is before he discovered video the miracle of cheating. Yeah, they didn't have air in footballs then.
0: Yeah, well, I shouldn't like. Bus. I, I cheated in high school sometimes like on my tests. not a lot but I got caught once and the reason I had to cheat was because I was dumb as fuck um but uh my friend I didn't even ask her she just knew this is when you know you're bad at math I was doing a math test and my friend knew how bad I was at math I did not ask her for the answers I did not like indicate I was struggling and she just walked over like after she dropped off the test and dropped the answers on my desk and it was like, wow, that was freaking awesome, but then also like that's how you know you're really dumb that someone's like, here, I'll just give you the answers, even though you're not asking for them. but we got caught. Um, so I can relate to Bill.
1: Did you get in trouble? Yes, you lost your uh, I think I got like a zero picked. on the test.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I lost my draft pick of Did like Find friends. you a million dollars. Yeah, I couldn't pick the coolest friends, which I couldn't do anyway. Um. Okay, so so you'd say the Browns are sadder. That's the official...
1: I do, yeah. That would be my answer.
0: Okay, all right. Congratulations, Browns, you're sadder.
1: Yeah, the Browns. Yep. I mean, maybe, maybe, I I don't know. Maybe this is your year, Browns.
0: Yeah, I don't think... It's neither neither Bills or the Browns year. I think it's the letter B. Yep. Just bad luck Bills, bad luck Browns.
1: Yeah, the Browns are going to have a... I don't know. But again, I would like- rather
0: be the Browns, and I'd rather be the Bills, than to have signed a pack with the devil like the Pats.
1: All right. Hey, we, we lost. We lost. <laughs> you guys did lose this weekend. Humble was, pie.
0: Well, I went to, I was watching the game and I, it was 24, 21 pats before I went to bed. And I was like, oh, they're going to freaking win. And I just went to bed. And then I woke up and it was like, it was literally like waking up Christmas morning. And it was like, they lost by like 21 points or something. But it was like, am I dreaming? Did I just wake up to the best life?
1: But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. It was like 15 minutes that I think uh, they would love to have back.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So the next two sadder. Who was sadder, um, Tom Brady's exes or Leonardo DiCaprio's exes?
1: Uh, I would go Leo on that one because, like, it's fucking Leo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, Brady will retire, I don't know, in maybe, like, 15 years. But, no, yeah, he's, when he's going like to retire. 90. And Leo will still do, like, he'll just start getting roles that are, like, fit for older people. Right, that's a good And he's still, point. like, he'll eat... Dead fish in movies. Like, that dude's motivated as hell. Right. And, like, every movie he does is, like, a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. Yes. However, I so my argument that Tom Brady's exes would be sadder is because Tom Brady is in a healthy, as far as I know. He's, like, in a marriage that's, like, lasted a while. Whereas, so... Looking at Tom Brady, it's like, oh, I could have been married to him and had, like, a long, nice marriage. Whereas Leonardo's exes, it's like, oh, he just goes through model after model after model. And I would, if I was an ex, it would be like, eh, well, there's not much loss there because I would have just been thrown to the curb eventually anyway.
1: Yeah, actually, I could totally, like, re-answer that. Because, like, Brady did have, like, sustained relationships with his exes. And I know he's got, like, children with one of them. Oh, he does? Yeah, is it Moynihan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that might have been a little bit, like... more biting like it's I think it's tougher to be like I'm in like a three-year relationship and then it's just like later yeah as in like DiCaprio is just like supermodel after supermodel yeah and I I bet you he's like pretty like you know what you're getting into
0: yeah I mean I would much rather date Leonardo DiCaprio like Tom Brady has that like me I'm Tom Brady and I want my way With like whereas like Leonardo DiCaprio I feel like would just be like just like chill and maybe not very attentive but like just hot I don't know (laughs) I would definitely be sadder as a Leo ex just because I'm a huge fan of Leo but I'm you know Tom looking more stable than Leo just because now I'm in my 30s I'm looking for stability so it's like okay well maybe he'd be a crybaby but at least he'd be there all the time what about
1: internet girl what would your answer be
0: Okay. Oh, okay, so you'd be better for Leo X or because I'm kind of going back and forth or Tom Brady I would be sadder for or Tom. A Tom Brady okay, because of the stability. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. answer Answers yeah. Brady two Bradys.
0: It, yeah, you'd just be more womanized as a Leo X you just, or something. You know what you're yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: He he typically too like uh, from what I know like he dates a lot of um like super uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit models and they're always like 19.
0: He does. He does. He like
1: kind of rips through each catalog. He's like, all right, let me see who's got the full <laughs> out. He just puts
0: them on like a pin board, like to, the pages from the magazine. This one, I'll also do next.
1: too. Like I would say with that is like, um, I don't even think he probably dates them. Like I think they're just like, oh my god, I'm dating Tom. <laughs> yeah, Pat, yeah. Like Leo. Yeah. And he's just like, what's this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, next.
0: Yep. Exactly. So yeah, so we all agree that Tom Brady exes are sadder. We're kind of on that. Yeah, yeah. Tom I'm Brady
1: just, is just—he wins. He's yeah. gonna win. He's—he's he's a born winner. He
0: always wins. That's what. Yeah. That, oh, I hate it. I just made Tom Brady win. Yeah,
1: he wins. He wins the, what, the sadder exes competition.
0: Damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really frustrating. Um, I'm just sadder because I'm the saddest because I am in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, and okay, so I brought up that dream group. I want to go to the dream group and talk about this dream. I dreamt. It was the worst dream, but also, like, kind of the best because I was with Leonardo DiCaprio. But I dreamt I had to amputate his legs. And it was for a role, like, in a movie. And I had to make the decision. It was like, yeah, I I think it was literally, like, sawing. Like, it was very – I mean, I didn't go – in my dream, I wasn't going through with the action. It was just, like, one minute he had legs and the next minute he didn't. And he was so traumatized and upset for the leg thing. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. And I sat with him and, like, tried to, like, hold him. But then – he was so upset that he quickly reattached them so then it was all like solved the problem anyway
1: see i was going to ask like dream. what do you do with the legs like oh you, i was
0: going to hang them up in my apartment what like, else would you do with those like legs? Legs sleep of with prosciutto? them at night yes yeah yeah like it's like uh, got some garlic with it yeah. yeah no i would i would hang one leg and sleep with the other like body pillow style cuz he's got long legs I would, and i went thigh down so i, I had the whole to thing i would try to wear
1: them as my own legs
0: anyway <laughs> um Speaking of my
1: various. mom would too.
0: Yeah. I, any any sane person would because Leo is the best. Um but I wanted to read for F Dat shit, one of the segments. Um, this little article says keeping your emotions bottled up could kill you.
1: Do you have like a jingle for F that shit?
0: Uh da 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 F that shit. Oh, that's kinda good. that's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. You can Keep that. Mm-hmm.
0: So don't judge my reading skills, by the way. Um Okay, so basically, I'm starting kind of in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the article. Uh, so studies have linked negative emotions like anger, anxiety, and depression to the development of heart disease. The health risks increase, it seems, when people have no way of expressing or acting on their feelings. The researchers say, we know that stress can build up and become chronic when our natural fight or flight response is meant to help us survive in conflict situations are frustrated. Similarly, detrimental effects may occur when negative emotions remain unexpressed. Some excerpts Ex- experts suggest that acknowledging emotions, especially distressing ones, and airing them from time to time is an important component of mental health. So I have to make a Seinfeld reference here: airing of grievances for um for uh Festivus. festivus. Yeah. Oh my for God, the rest I don't know. Of us. Yes, I don't know how that just. We'll have to edit out like that like right. period of time. Yeah. we will just, and then it just comes into us randomly shouting Festivus! Festivus! <laughs> <laughs> um, so airing your grievances is quite important, just like the holiday would suggest. Um. In our culture, people quickly feel guilty or ashamed when they appear as being overly negative or critical. Um, We are biased toward positive thinking, which is worth cultivating, but problems arise when people start believing they must be upbeat all the time. Um, But how about positive emotions? Can they make us healthier? Yes, they can, especially if we allow ourselves to express them um, openly. Individuals with great emotional vitality have a much lower risk of developing heart disease compared to the less emotional expressive uh, people, according to some lady from Harvard, so we believe her because she's at Harvard.
1: So but, I'm a goner.
0: Okay. Yeah, basically, I am too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably die of natural causes by like 39 because mm-hmm. I'm yep. so negative. Like you, so um, you're what we can say name. You said Kate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Kate was saying that um, you're a glass half full person when we were off air. I'm like not even a glass half empty person. I'm just there's nothing in the glass at all, person. That's how bad I am.
1: Her glass. Mm-hmm. Her glass no. is like completely full It's got that little like Bubble the, of, only, like,
0: the only time mine is that full and bubbling over Was like when the glass is full of shit <laughs> You know like It wouldn't be full of like something wonderful like wine Or mm-hmm. just water to nourish yourself Go Browns uh. <laughs> Yeah poop brown <laughs> um, so, Okay um, There are mechanisms at play We don't fully understand But there is evidence that positive emotions Can provide some sort of restorative biology Obviously, neither positive or negative feelings arise in a vacuum. An essential part of emotional well-being is our ability to create and maintain a conductive environment—or, I'm sorry, a conducive environment—when our various needs are satisfied and our bodies, minds, and souls are nourished. Not all, but a great deal of that is within our within our control and can benefit from our care. That in itself should just give us a reason to feel better. The end. Storytime with Kristen is over, and my computer's at one percent, so I'm actually gonna end the show
1: there but you
0: have been a wonderful guest thank you thank you for doing this and thank you for being so hospitable i'm in this awesome apartment and right overlooking the brooklyn bridge and the manhattan bridge
1: yep both of them and if this gets a lot of views and people like it maybe i can get invited back
0: yes yes your your name's gonna draw on at least another ten thousand listeners
1: yeah and i'm glad this is finishing up because i gotta (laughs) go do marin (laughs) Nah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah that, exactly. Yeah, there
0: you go. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Please support me on Patreon. That would be amazing. Just go to slash mentally chill and support the show so that we can make the show as good as possible. And by we, I mean me, but I have multiple personalities. So there we go. Just kidding. I don't. But anyway, thank you for listening and I will see you. Oh, my new catchphrase. So stay sad enough to listen to the podcast, but not too sad. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>